Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. is a powerful, powerful thing uh, that Jesus commanded men and women to do. Uh, It never has made a lot of sense to a lot of people. Why do we water baptize? Water baptism is called an ordinance. It's one of the ordinances of the church that God gave. Marriage is an ordinance. Communion is an ordinance. Water baptism is an ordinance. Tithing and offering is an ordinance uh, that's given to the body of Christ in the Scripture. Somebody shout hallelujah. Those are very necessary things. The word baptism uh, is, we really don't have an English word for that. It is, it is a Greek word that was actually, uh, an English word was kind of applied to it. It's the Greek word baptismo, B-A-P-T-I-S-M-O. And it just kind of morphed over into English as the word baptism. Uh, baptismo uh, or baptismos, baptismo, actually means uh, to cover One's uh, person to submerge. It means to immerse. Uh, in one sense, it means to be filled. It's like having a, a, a bottle or a glass and you put it in water and you can put it in there. And if it has a lid on it, it'll just pop back up to the top. But if the lid's not there, if there's no obstruction, you put it there and it will fill up and it will be immersed. I don't know about you, but I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Or the scripture also says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. It says, be baptized or be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, water baptism, Jesus, the head of the church, set the example for us. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, there were covenant signs. Everybody say covenant. covenant. So God would give covenant signs. And when he entered into covenant with his people, God always gave a physical sign For the covenant. For instance, if they uh, were in a covenant with him and God would have a covenant of blood. Thank God you and I are in the new covenant today and we do not have to kill an animal unless you enjoy deer hunting and that's your business. And uh, uh, so we don't have to kill animals, of course, uh, for their blood because Jesus is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, the Bible says, to redeem us. His blood has been shed. And then we have the Word and the Spirit of God, and He gives us faith. And when we by faith receive that Word, the Bible says we are baptized into His body. It's called being born again. There are three uh, times, or three different baptisms in the Scripture. Uh, The first one is the baptism into salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, For by one spirit we are all baptized into his body. Capital S, spirit. By one Holy Spirit we are baptized into the body of Christ. We are submersed into uh, the body of Christ. Colossians says that uh, he uh, delivered us from the power, Colossians 1, he delivered us from the power of darkness and he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were held by the power of separation from God. The Bible says God is light. We were held in darkness because of sin, but he delivered us from the power of darkness. Everybody shout delivered. He delivered you. It was not in the spirit realm. It was not uh, just a, uh, uh, a simple little thing. There was a powerful work of the Holy Spirit 
and he uh, submersed us into Jesus Christ. By one spirit, we are baptized into his body, 1 Corinthians 12 says. So it's very important when you are born again to know that there is a work of the Holy Spirit when you are born again. Somebody shout hallelujah. So if you got saved, because no man can save himself, if God drew your heart, no man can call Jesus Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So if you've been born again and Jesus is your Lord, that means in the spirit, when you were saved, uh, the spirit of God baptized you into Jesus Christ, into the blood of Jesus Christ. By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. And then, of course, uh, the second baptism that we see is the baptism in water. The third baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, where we are filled with the Holy Ghost and we speak with other tongues as the initial sign or evidence that we have received what he is doing in our life. First of all, we are saved by being baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus. On, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, uh, the scripture says they were all baptized, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. The apostle Peter got up and continued to speak and Peter said, this same Jesus, he was talking to those that had crucified uh, Jesus. He said, this same Jesus, which you've crucified with cruel hands, he said, this same Jesus has now done this. He has poured out his spirit, which you do now hear and see. The infilling of the Holy Ghost has evidence that goes with it. You hear it and see it. On, on, you know that you have been filled with His Spirit because you have yielded to that infilling, that being baptized in His Spirit. Uh, the third baptism, of course, is water baptism. Uh, on, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, there's an interesting thing. After these signs and wonders were taking place, there were thousands of people that begin to hear what was going on on the day of Pentecost. There was 120, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Bible emphatically says that in Acts chapter 1, that Mary was a charismatic. She got filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. I'm preaching real good, and, and y'all don't even realize it right now. And, and uh, there the scripture says, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them all. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And then they said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? Then Peter said, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Some people have taken two axes and a 38 and killed more people than they ever got saved with it. I can just tell you that right now. But we're going to stay with it on a biblical level. Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Then Peter, uh, there's whole volumes, there's college courses written on this one verse right here. There's denominations that are founded on this one particular scripture right here. And some of them by the misinterpretation of it and, and others uh, like, uh, like, I'll just say like you and me in Jesus' name that understand it. And so Peter said unto them, uh, repent, everybody shout repent. Yes. If you want to get saved and be a candidate for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says repent. It's not a common message today, but it's all through the Bible. Amen. That we are people who make a change in Jesus' name. We're walking that way. And we just turn around and start walking the other way uh, for the Lord. Amen. He says, repent uh, and be baptized. Everyone. So it's not just for men. Not just for women. Not just for simple minded Christians. It's not just for poor people. Not just for rich people. Everybody shout everyone. 
Every person is commanded to be baptized in the scripture. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Colossians that whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. When you bless your food, you bless your food in the name of Jesus. When you pray and believe God to prosper you, you you pray in the name of Jesus. Because that name, Philippians 2 says, is above all other names, anything that can be named, that name has superiority over it. And when it's mixed with lips of faith in believers, and they begin to speak that name in relation to the Son of God, uh, the scripture says it activates all of the heavenly authority. Uh, The scripture says God gave him the name that is above every name that is named. That at uh, the name of Jesus. Come on, shout that name out loud three times. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, of the Father. It didn't say that at Jesus every knee would bow. If that were the case, Jesus would have to walk in here. It says, but at the name of Jesus. Oh, he put his authority, he said, in his name. And he gave that name to us, to every believer. And so he said, they said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And Peter began to preach that great classic sermon in Acts chapter 2. He says, repent and be baptized, everyone, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Woo, hallelujah. I've had people ask me many times when you baptize, what formula do you use? What phrase do you use? First of all, I don't use a phrase. I use the word of God, the truth. Now the head of the church, his name is Jesus. Shout his name again. The head of the church in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 says that, Uh, We should go everywhere making disciples of men, that we should baptize them, Matthew 28, 19, that we should baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Go ye. Everybody say, go ye. ye. Means me. Say it again. Go ye. ye. Means me. This is Jesus talking to you. He says, go you therefore. Teach all nations. Teach nations. You say, why in the world uh, uh, do they have to go uh, use television and internet and all of those things? Because they go to the nations of the world today. We're one of the first generations, possibly the first generation, that just with the phone in your hand can go to every nation on the planet now. You know, you can even call someone in Antarctica today. Oh, hallelujah. I led an Eskimo to Jesus on an iceberg in Greenland, in North Sussurrock, Greenland one year uh, when I was over there. I'd like to tell you the name of Jesus and work for an Eskimo. If I tried to pronounce his name, you'd think I was speaking in tongues. That name was that long, it looked like. So we, we named him Ernie. Ernie the Eskimo. Now listen, Jesus said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, that's our Heavenly Father, and of the Son, That's Jesus. And of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Those are the three persons of the Godhead. There are three and they are one somehow. 
I don't understand fully how God made three in one, but I don't understand how bones form in the womb of a woman either. But I know that you're three in one. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Somehow God manifested all three of himself at separate distinct times. You try to separate your spirit and your soul from your body, and you will just be a, a, a corpus delecti, somebody once said. You're just going to be a corpse. That's all you're going to be. Uh, but God was able to do that. And with him, nothing is impossible. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's only one God. I said there's only one God. Just like there's only one you. But God is made up of three uh, separate entities, just like you are made up of three separate entities. When you, get, uh, uh, when you get to heaven one day, you're going to see more than one of the Godhead. Uh, in the book of Revelation, we know that John, that he saw, I don't want to get off on the Godhead here, but John saw the Father, and he saw the one who sits at his right hand. His name is Jesus. So we know that he saw two in the book of Revelation simultaneously. And we believe the third one, being the Holy Spirit, was on the earth still. Maybe that's why we didn't see him there. But in heaven, somehow we will see uh, that plurality of one God. Well, you are one person made up. You're in the image and the likeness of God. God is a three-part being. You were made in his image and likeness. You're a three-part being. You have a, a mind, a will, an emotion called a soul. You have a spirit, the real you. And you are put inside of a body. And I'll teach on the the Trinity later. Now, it's very important. The head of the church, Jesus, said that we should make disciples of nations, baptizing men in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say it with me. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So I know there are people that will want to just fist fight with you almost if you say, well, uh, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they say, well, you didn't get saved. If you didn't baptize in Jesus' name only, you didn't get saved. I happened to grow up in that particular style of religion, though I was never a part of a denomination. But uh, our church, uh, because my parents were saved in something like that, and until they got some more light from the Word, that's just what they knew. Uh, until I was a teenager, and then, thank God, uh, we got free from all of the, the bondage part of that. Whew, I'm preaching good, but I better be careful. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because there's people that love Jesus, but they just don't have the same light uh, for whatever the reason that you've got according to the word. But be that as it may. So here's what we do. We do everything we do in the name of Jesus. And so we baptize according to Matthew 28, 19, in accordance with the teaching of the head of the church, Jesus, baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, And then, according to Colossians uh, 2, we do that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything we do in word or deed, we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give me two big amens. So we'll just do them both. Matthew 28, 19. And we'll do Matthew 28, 19 in the name of Jesus. And if somebody doesn't like that, well, we'll let them take it up with the head of the church. We'll just keep doing what we do. Praise the Lord. If you don't like that, um, you, yeah, I have no problem with that. My name is, is Ram Tovar. You can go to ramtovar.com and just send me an email and, and I'll just straighten you out on that. 
Sorry, Ram. <laughs> Glory to God. God is good. Amen. I said God is good. Amen. Now listen, this is really important. In the book of Exodus, when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, those Ten Commandments were not just ten things. Those are ten categories. Those are ten sections of humanity. The Ten Commandments. You can find every sin that mankind can possibly commit uh, in one of those ten categories. Uh, that category has implication. Uh, there's all type of deceit because people lie. There's all type of issues because of greed. God knows because of murder today. There's all type of things that take place. Because of uh, uh, demonism and, and idolatry and all of that, we are to have no other gods before us. Can I have a big amen? amen. There's all of the implication, everything you can imagine. We've got divorces. We have all type of impurities today in sexuality. Uh, all of those things because they began by breaking uh, a commandment that God says do not do. Man needed that to understand the children of Israel had been in captivity for 400 years and had been indoctrinated uh, to a large degree by the uh, Egyptian mythology. And after 400 years, God began to establish what is right and wrong. And he begins to give these Ten Commandments, which today are the anchor of all civilized nations. Whether they give God the credit and the glory for it, it's those ten things that are very necessary to stabilize a culture, a humanity, or anything else. Can I just get a big hallelujah right there from somebody? So important to hear that. Those ten things are very unique. The breaking of, those, of any of those sin, we call it sin. God called it sin, and we call it sin in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Then and today, it is called sin if we violate God's Word. Thank God we do not have to kill an animal, shed its blood, but the Lamb of God was shed for us. And so instead of us bringing an animal... We come before the Father in the name of Jesus. Shout it out loud. Jesus. And we ask to be forgiven and His blood then is applied. And we are forgiven for that transgression or sin. Man was locked in that because of the original man, Adam. When Adam sinned, the Bible says death was introduced. Two kinds of death. Uh, necros, it's called. N-E-K-R-O-S, and Thanatos. One is physical, the other is spiritual. Two types of death in the Bible. And he said that when Adam sinned, that death came in. Spiritual death came, which brought on physical death. Adam didn't die instantly, but he died ultimately. And the further men got away from the Garden of Eden, those days of heaven on earth, the shorter mankind's lifespan began. And today, without the technology, in 1900, the medium average lifespan in the United States, get ready to gag, was 47 years old. Man's life expectancy in the U.S. in 1900, you can go look it up yourself, was 47 years old. Thank God for technology. Thank God for science. Thank God for wisdom. There were some outliers to that who would live 
a few years longer occasionally. That was the average lifespan in the United States, 1900. Whew. Thank God for Jesus. I got to get through this real quick. Now listen. Those Ten Commandments were there. And when Adam sinned, the Bible says iniquity. Everyone say iniquity. Iniquity, iniquity was in him. Iniquity, now listen to it. Listen, listen, listen good. Give me three more minutes. Listen to this. Iniquity is the ability for a sin that the scripture says can be passed on inherited to, to, for the soul of a person, not your spirit, your soul, your mind, your emotions, your intellect, to have a weakness for a particular transgression or sin, an affinity towards something. I have no problem personally with wanting to be an alcoholic. I can walk by alcohol all day long, drugs or anything else. And from the time I was playing ball, uh, I grew up in a family that just said, just get away from that stuff. Don't do it. I'll just walk around it. And never, it just wasn't my issue. Give me two big amens. Amen. But there are some things that are attractive that are contrary to the word of God. Just like every person has that in their life. I found out uh, some of them were inherent in my life. God told Moses and the children of Israel four times. He said, I'm a just God. I will forgive your sin, but by no means removing the guilt, passing the iniquities of the fathers on uh, to the sons and daughters, to the third generation, third and fourth generation. Y'all doing Okay. Too many people don't even know this is in the Bible. It's important to hear this now. Uh, the scripture says in the book of Lamentations 5, 7, Ezekiel 18, 19, uh, 18, 20, Ezekiel 18, 17. You see that? I can't teach all of this now in these two minutes I have left. In Numbers chapter 14 and verse 18 and Deuteronomy 5, 9, Exodus 20 and 5, Exodus 34 and 7. This was not an outlying doctrine or a fringe doctrine of the New Testament church. The Apostle Paul said, Oh, wretched man am I. This is Paul who writes 13 books of the Bible. Why is this war going on inside of me? When I would do right, I do wrong. Then he says, Oh, wretched man am I. What can stop this war inside of my life? Then he gave the answer. I thank God. Through my Lord Jesus Christ. That's the next sentence. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It's called an iniquity. Don't be bragging about that hot temper. That's an iniquity. And hell will manipulate your life out of a weakness like that. And if you deliberately, continually practice transgression or sin, you can form iniquity in your life without repenting and getting that out of your life. That's how iniquity is formed. Now listen, this is very important to hear this. Woo, glory to God. Genesis says that man was in that position until Shiloh. Everybody shout Shiloh. Shiloh. You know, you read the book of Genesis, there you see Shiloh, that name. You're like, who, who is Shiloh? Shiloh is a messianic prophecy in the Old Testament, referring to the Redeemer or the Messiah who would come one day. His name is? Jesus. The Jews were looking for him. 
They had no idea how he was going to come wrapped in swaddling clothes laying in a manger. They thought he was going to come riding in on a big white stallion or something and take over a governmental change. No, no, no. God was talking about bringing his kingdom into the world and changing man from the inside out. And so the Bible says, okay, honey, I'm done. She give me the high sign. Listen, Isaiah 53, 5. Don't y'all love Pastor Cindy? Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him and with his stripes we are healed. Get that in your spirit. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no remission of sin. But at Calvary, God had the sacrificial lamb wounded for our sin and bruised for the motivation to sin. Sin, transgression, is the external breaking of God's plan. It's what you do that's not right. Iniquity is the internal motivator in the soul, not in your spirit. You get saved. Your spirit man got saved, but your mind didn't get saved. You have to renew yourself uh, to the word of God. Everybody understands that. And so how can we break that, that, that dominion and control over our life? First of all, Jesus has done it for you so you can. He applied the blood. Look, if you cut yourself and you bleed externally, he was, that's a wound. He was wounded for the external sin. But if I hit myself and it doesn't break the skin, but the blood coagulates underneath, I have a bruise. And a bruise is an internal bleeding. And Jesus did not just shed blood for the forgiveness of your sin. He shed blood that you can apply for the internal weakness that causes you to want to be drawn toward a particular sin. That's so important to hear that. Now, that was our covenant that we made, that God made with Jesus for you and me. And without faith, it's impossible to activate it. You cannot please God without faith. But when you say, God, I thank you that you forgive my sins. Amen. Let your blood wash me clean. I repent. Has anyone in here ever told God, I will never do it again if you'll just forgive me? Anyone ever told God? Whatever it is. How many, no show of hands. How many of you can agree you did it anyway, somehow? Why did you get weak? Because in your weakness, you've not been made strong yet. But God will make you strong in your weakness. If you will, by faith, get a revelation and apply the blood internally to your mind. I promise you, I would not be a preacher today if God had not begun to work in my life and show me this in the scripture so strong that it would take a theologian to mess it up. It's all through the Bible. And then by faith, apply the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Your blood, you bled internally for my weakness. I thank you for the new spirit. I'm a new creation. But I got this old mind, God, and I don't want to be that way. I want it to change. Let your blood, 
Let your blood. I can tell you right now, not only will God forgive you outside, out here, your transgression, but he will deliver you from your iniquity. Now listen to what I'm saying. With every covenant that God made with man, he gave a sign. They were to bring an animal. When the flood came, he did a rainbow. That was a covenant God made. said, I'll not destroy the world again by water. Then he goes to Abram. He says, Abram, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And you're going to be the father of faith. You're going to be the father of a mighty nation. And Abraham's like, woo, 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 thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be all of that in the book of Genesis. And God says, I just want you to do one thing. He said, hallelujah. But we're adults. Listen to me. He said, you are to circumcise the foreskin of your flesh. And Abraham was like, piece of cake, what does that mean? I'm not going to say anything else. And he said, that was the sign of the covenant in the old covenant. I said in the old covenant. And so uh, Abraham, once he figured that, he said, all right, hallelujah. He was in relationship with God. And that's what he did. And then the scriptures go on and teach about that all through there. And it was the, it was, in that day, it was the sign of the covenant. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. Today, God has made a covenant with us. And the sign of the seal of the covenant, the Bible says, is water baptism. You are saying, God, I thank you for that covenant internally that I have through Jesus Christ. And the sign of the seal... The sign of the covenant, Romans chapter 4, I think it's verse 12 or 13. Put it up there for me if you would, please. It says that Abraham was justified. Listen. And he, he had a seal of the covenant. There was a sign that was given. Romans chapter 4, I think it's verse 12 or 13. And the scripture says, uh, and he being, what does it say? Abraham took Ishmael's son, all was born in his house, that were brought uh, no, not Genesis. No, no, no. Romans. Romans chapter 4, verse 12. Romans chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. And the scripture says that his family entered into that covenant. Look, R-O-M-A-N-S. Roman. Romans. Glory to God. We've been here so long. They're getting delirious. Because they need food. Somebody throw food to them up there. <laughs> Romans chapter 4. I promise you we're done. I want you to hear this. Are y'all learning something this morning? Oh, hallelujah. And the father of circumcision, the father of circumcision, to them who are not of the circumcision only, that, that we're not just Jewish, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had, he had, being yet uncircumcised, that means faith is what happened. He got faith. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to see through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Uh, go ahead. One more verse. For they which are the law by faith, not void. Go to, go to verse 11. Put 11 up there for me if you would, please. Put verse 11. Glory to God. And he received, there it is, the sign of circumcision, a seal 
of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe also uh, those not through circumcision, that he actually got that. He got it by faith and the sign of the seal was circumcision. Now listen to me. Water baptism. Go to, go to the book of Colossians with me if you would real quickly. Go to Colossians. You got to see it. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I love my pastor. He needs to repent for preaching too long. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Put it up there, please. Colossians 3, 17. Can you not tarry one hour? Besides, it just feels like 1130 to you right now. Colossians, thank you. And whatsoever, no, 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 no. Lord, help us. Jesus, help me. Lord, help me. Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 11, 12, and 13. Colossians chapter 2, 11, 12, and 13. New Testament. Colossians chapter 2. I'll tell you that one hour of sleep, God is going. Colossians chapter 2. And whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, next verse, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Give those guys up there a big hand in the, in the media room, would you? They're awesome. There is a sign. It is the sign of water baptism. That's the sign of the seal of the covenant. When we have believed, we obey the Lord and we follow Jesus. But not only that, we are buried, the Bible says, and that's what's so important about this. Our iniquities, we reckon the old man to be dead. The iniquities to, to break out of our lives. That's a private thing between you and Jesus. And you just say, no, I, I want my life to be different. I'm not going that way. I don't care if my daddy did it, my grandpa did it, or everybody in my family was that way. I'm not going to be that way. And it's those strongholds that hell gets in the soul of people. And they're inherent, they're passed on. I didn't just get my red hair and blue eyes and my funny little crooked finger from my mama and my daddy. You didn't just get your genetics. You've got a mind, you've got a soul. It's got some strengths in it. My mama could just sit down at the piano and play it. Never took a lesson. I sit down at that piano and play it right now. Never had a lesson. Listen to what I'm saying. That just came in that inherent thing. But there's some weaknesses that come with that too. And the moment that gets in your spirit and you realize that, that this is just the way I am and you, you know, if they don't like it, they can take me as I am or whatever. Then you're going to be getting a lot of whatevers in your life. But there comes a day you get serious with your life. And you're like, Jesus, I want to be more like you every day. I'm not perfect, but I want some things to change. And I'm going to take that hot temper. I'm going to take whatever your issue is, that impurity, that immorality. I'm going to take that greed. I'm going to take that, that racism. Oh, I'm preaching a lot better than you're amen and now. I know it's, well, I'm on overtime right now, but, you know, overtime is the best part of any game. Y'all know that. Listen. And you say, Jesus. I want your sign. 
I want your seal. Deliver me from my iniquities. And when you are baptized, that's what you're saying. Romans says it like this, that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we are buried with Him in baptism and we are raised up to walk in newness of life. As Christ was raised from the dead, we are buried, Paul said, in baptism and we are raised up to walk with Him in newness of life. And you'll break those iniquities out of your life. And if those things try to come back, you do exactly what Jesus said and what Paul said. If it takes 70 times 7 a day, you say, nope, I've broken that in Jesus' name off of my life. God has severed it. He has, listen, He has circumcised my heart. That's what the Bible says. It's the word the Lord uses right there. Circumcised in the heart. Oh, God, I think I'm a new creation, but I want some of this old stuff off of me. And they are buried in baptism. Raise your hands to the Lord today, church. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the patience of this great congregation on this very special Sunday, a very powerful month that we are involved in. I thank you, Father, that we can be delivered from generations of curses that try to follow our families. We can be set free by the blood of the Lamb. I thank you, Lord, when we are baptized, that we rise to walk in newness of life. I pray, Lord, you'll speak to the heart of every man and every woman in this church, in this evening service tonight. Father, if any man or woman says, I love Jesus, but I want to be delivered from some things, that, Lord, when they get before you today, they will say, just as I am, Lord, Without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. I come to you now. And Father, let that operation without hands, eternal in the heavens, would you deliver men and women? And when they come up out of that water tonight, let them walk in newness of life with a new faith, a new confidence, a new boldness that they're stronger than their adversary, the devil. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Now listen to me. Stand on your feet today. You've been a very, very patient congregation today. I love you so much. Thank you for indulging me. You know I don't do this and go over like this on Sunday mornings. I understand it, but this is very important today. Everything we've done is important today. Very important. Now listen. Tonight in that six o'clock service, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you, you need to act on what God is saying. We built a, bab a, a pool. We got a bridge. You're going to come up one way, and in Jesus' name, you're going to walk back up set free. You're going to be set free. And the sons who's going to do it. And if your enemy tries to come back around again, you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Instead of always repenting after the fact because you, you're a Christian, I believe God will quicken you before you enter into that old habit. And you'll have the power of God to not be like you were. Some of you today have never, ever met yourself because you, in your love for Jesus, you've still got that other that's always 
just those one or two things, if I could just get set free from that. That's what water baptism was for. It was identifying with Jesus, but what you were identifying with was the fact that you're going to be internal and external, set free from the iniquities that motivate you, attract you to want to enter into repetitive sin. You're going to break that out of your life in the name of Jesus. If you want to do that, listen, if you want to do that tonight, I'll be baptizing. Some of our staff will be helping me. Some of the men here will. We've got a beautiful pool. We're going to do that out in the front for you instead of in the baptistry this month. This is how this church was started with men and women just like you and me that said, God, I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I want to get it right. I'm, and I'm going to ask you, Lord, with an operation without hands, circumcise my heart. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I speak with other tongues. But I got some areas there. Lord, I want those addictions broken in Jesus' name. I'll not be drawn to that anymore. I reject that curse that's plagued my family for generations. I break that off of my life today in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me? If you want that tonight, you come. Bring a change of clothes with you when you come. Wear maybe a dark shirt, a pair of pants of any kind, a pair of jeans or something. And I'll baptize you. You talk to God personally about your issue. And you watch the power of God. Divorce is going to stop in your family. Perversion is going to stop in that family. Some of you are going to get physically healed. It'll manifest in your body. Listen, the body of Christ didn't come 2,000 years on just simple little Sunday sermons, three points and a poem. No, 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 that's not the way it works. There is a true relationship with God. And when you, by faith, come before God, buried with Him in baptism, risen to walk in newness of life, This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.